You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad. Many of the things that happen around Halloween have their origins in Ireland. We're going to hear about some interesting stuff today because there's a group of people in Ireland who go under the banner of Ghost Era. And it is a paranormal team based in Ireland and they investigate historical haunted locations along with places that have never been investigated before using equipment with scientific emphasis and conducting old traditional experiments. And their objective is to find answers to the supernatural, to delve deep into specific detail and to try numerous various techniques in making contact. And I've made contact with Sinead Houlihan. She's on the normal side. Uh, yes, I was going to say I'm a ghost. I'm a paranormal entity here. Paul Road, Sinead, welcome. Welcome, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, Austin. Well, we are reaching across technology and we're using technology to connect with each other. Uh, yes, which is a lot more difficult at times than you know, delving into the paranormal, I have to say. Yeah. Okay, tell me a bit about Ghost Era. So it was set up uh, back in 2009 by Anthony Kerrigan. And I hopped on board back in 2010. I was in college. I was doing a project for college um, about the paranormal in Ireland. And I clicked with the team and became more involved in it over the years. And I've stuck with it for the last 12 years. So we um, explore like so many different locations around Ireland, whether it be jails, castles, lighthouses, underground caves. And, you know, we, we venture off into um, courthouses, everything. We've, we've probably done it. And most era tends to, we, we, we kind of like to mix it up every so often. So every, every investigation we have done, we do different experiments or we craft our own different experiments as well, just to kind of keep everything kind of flavorsome and, um, kind of just to kind of reach out into the paranormal field a little bit further and kind of push ourselves and see what can be found, I suppose. Yeah. Using many senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- <laughs> So yes. we're, we're going to zone in on a, a book that you've just published, Round Out Voices, and we'll come back to yes. that. Seeing that you're saying 2009, this was uh, initiated, and yes. we're now in 12, 13 years later. The team at this stage, how many would be on the team? We have a total of, at the moment, I'd say around eight or nine. There's about three or four of us that are kind of like the centre team. We go to most of the investigations. The other people will come in and out, which is great because if one of us can't make it, there's always someone else there as well. So we have about eight or nine at the moment, yeah. Now, you keep using the term investigations. Um, yes. You know, and that's kind of very... Criminal investigation. Kind of very... Clinical, You know, we should that, say explorations more so, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, but it's got that word that there's a ring to it. and But it also has that curiosity. And the curiosity yeah. of, I have is that if you're going to investigate something, somebody probably has then knocked on your door and said, can you come and investigate. And where I'm going with that is that if you're around for 14 years, where's the money coming from? Like, are you guys a team like Ghostbusters? Are you you for hire? Yeah, are we for hire? Well, you know, we we don't make, you know, money off this. It's just for the passion and the love of exploring different uh, ways of trying to tap into the other world, which is exciting itself. Okay. So there's no necessarily like, it's not, it's more of a passion hobby thing, but okay. I wish it was you know, a full-time job because it's just fascinating and it is very exciting. Are you ever 
called upon, mainstream investigators. And I'm thinking in terms of here, you know, that there are cold cases and I'm not a TV watcher, so I know you have all these kind of things, the cold cases or whatever. But are you ever called upon by what would be mainstream investigations? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, no, unfortunately not. But I think it'd be very interesting for the future. I know people are trying to steer away from the paranormal, but I think they should bring it back. But no, we haven't in terms of like trying to help the guards out or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, the, not, not <laughs> it's an interesting, you know, idea. And I, I has been brought up before, I know, in the paranormal fields. But I hopefully in the future, that'd be more of a common thing, you know, yeah. using talking boards and stuff like that. Yeah. So then would you have individuals who might reach out to you on the basis that they have unanswered family history questions and curiosities that might say, you know, would you ever come and check this one out? Personally, um, I haven't been asked, but I think Anthony has been asked a couple of times, so it's more of a private thing that way. But personally, I haven't. um, I think there's a lot of fear around the paranormal, especially when you're using talking boards and stuff like that, which is only or otherwise known as Ouija boards. But they're really just a mode of communication, like, you know, calling someone on the phone or something like that. But that a lot of people, due to mainstream media and horror movies and everything, think there's a demon present or somebody going to pop out so they don't particularly want to know you know right. what's right. going on that way which is unfortunate but I think it's changing yeah ever so slightly yeah so Sinead then when you're ever out in company with with uh, friends or if you're invited to dinner you know there's always this thing that if you happen to have someone to dinner who is a psychiatrist or a psychologist are they analyzing you well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're there, do your friends kind of wonder, are you checking out the vibes? Yeah, they have done in the past. They have done. Are you checking out the vibes? Are you getting anything from this place? There's a place that I know you'd love or, you know, you have to come over and see this. What about, yeah, I would have got those questions over the years. But I think, you know, everybody has that kind of intuition themselves. Just right. by being somewhere, just kind of to tap into something, you know, if there is something there or if there's not, you know, it's more of a... It's not as, you know, spooky as as it seems, I guess. Yeah. Right. And if you've or have you ever uh, been somewhere just in a normal environment? And when I say a normal environment, I mean, like if you were to go down to um, the pub some night and um, be it, say, the Brazen Head, because it's an old pub and you're there with your friends and you pick up on vibes um that they necessarily don't or that that have have you ever come across where they're kind of sensing that there's a discomfort but you're quite comfortable yes uh that happened numerous times it still happens where people will start getting a bit spooked out or a bit vibe but, but because if you if you're so used to it and i've done so many investigations over the years that it becomes like second nature and you just see it as like you know you're having your breakfast oh here i am doing some spooky like experiments so you don't your your fear factor it drops like you right. don't are i mean it, you don't really have much fear at all even if if i was in a room and say cupboard you know this hasn't happened to me yet but if cupboards started opening and closing for themselves i would be very very you know, like inquisitive and like my god this is amazing this is really cool what other people would be probably funny <laughs> You know, I'd be like really psyched up and like, Ooh, what is this? And let's ask some questions about other people that would have probably, you know, ran out of the house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yet, I, and one of the things I, 
I I I noticed that like one of your some of your dislikes are things like rats and predictability oh, and cheese. Yes. But yes, but yet you know some of the places you're going to, uh, rats are probably an oh, inherent part of. Oh, don't tell me about it. Yeah, that is my worst fear, and the rest of the team members will probably chime in on this as well. I will be terrified of rats, and I will be screaming. And there was we were just at Woodchester Mansion in the UMK in Gloucestershire. Uh, there two months ago, huge mansion full of bats, great. It was a renowned haunted location, lots of spirits around the area. There was a little mouse in the building and I ran, I ran, <laughs> I screamed, I screamed, I screamed and my heart was beating very, very quickly. So there you go. That's me and my uh, phobia of mice, mice and rats, which happen to be in these buildings. Along with the bats, which I'm actually okay with. Right. <laughs> I actually enjoy bats, so it's fine. So- so next, I have to ask you: in a situation like that, have has the other side ever been laughing at you? Um, yeah, we do get well, not really, like for that reason. But you know, the other side and the other entities and stuff like that will be playful in a lot of ways, and they will probably um, suppose slag you off or you know just be mischievous. You know, like just general people are in this life, they'll keep their personality in the next life and they'll, we'll be having a laugh at times depending where we're at yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's t- let's talk a little about the um the book that's just been uh, put out there drowned out voices yes and the um the concept behind it drowned out voices first of all where yes yeah, so the drowned out voices, just voices from the past, which are just forgotten. You know, people who've lived here before, you know, you live here, you, you know, have a bit of meaning in your life if you can. And then all of a sudden you're dead and, you know, voices are gone, forgotten. And then that's it. Well, we kind of want to bring those voices back by when we're connected to spirits and different entities, um, just to give them a say or, you know, so they're heard again. So they're not drowned out anymore. They actually are here with us, but it was just a matter of us tapping in. So there's, doesn't mean like they're they are voices they're drowned out but not they're not really like so we're trying to give them you know a stage I guess you could say you know for them to have speech yeah so then are drowned out are the voices that are there that can be heard um are we all capable when we eventually get to the other side of having a voice uh or yeah. is is it's um, stronger among those who may have had a traumatic passing. Now, I don't know the entirety of this answer. It's always open to interpretation. But I believe that uh, people who have something left to say or have a message or do have the capabilities to come back and say something but however, if you are having a great life and you enjoyed it and then you've uh, you've tied up loose ends and you've died, I honestly think there is a way to communicate that way as well. And it just you just might need to hone in on it a little bit better because sometimes we're when 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 we're on the talking board, it'll always be somebody who is in a bit distressed or somebody who has a message or someone but there's always other spirits wanting to come in. But sometimes one spirit will kind of take charge. So we'd have to get that spirit to take uh, um, step back. Or then we would ask Beck and other ones in that would like to just have, say anything. Yeah. Okay. So I do think that we do have capabilities. So let's talk about equipment. Yes. So you're now listening to voice, sounds that none of us can hear. Yes. In the normal world. <laughs> yes. 
and we have very sophisticated equipment in this day and age. So give us a walkthrough of just in kind of somewhat high level um, where what, what do you do to try to tap it? Well, initially we used like old equipment, like we use the manifestation boards, we use a colour mood board. So we have these, you know, these artistic dolls, they're kind of like wooden. So we put a different colour on those. Oh, so these would be like the ones we see in the ad on the TV, the, the, wooden, the wooden kind of one that's joined together with string. Yeah, so similar yeah. to that, we could yeah. paint it different colours. Okay. So um, it would each colour on its body would represent a feeling. So we would put, go on the ma- manifestation board, which is kind of like with using a glass, and whatever colour that will go to, it'll show us, or it'll also show what mood the or the spirit is in, or what um what mood they would like us to be in. We also use uh, Anokian uh, portal doorways, which is a little bit out there. So we've actually um con- <laughs> we've actually done that in the last couple of years as well. We use brainwave technology. It's EEG machine where we put electrical nodes through her her head and it actually tests like gamma waves, delta waves, um, theta waves, just to see what meditative, if we're in a meditative state, will the spirit be able to contact us more or it'll actually just see if, um, how do I explain this in a more of like, you know, (laughs) like in layman's terms, just if, if we're kind of meditating we're kind of relaxed we're heart is beating slower like is that a time where the spirit can actually come in and connect with us more or does it connect with us more when we're kind of rapid heartbeat and our brain waves are kind of going a little bit faster uh we use scrying looking through mirrors we obviously use the ouija board we do that numerous times uh we offer fire as well um i have a little bit of a list here on the left because there's there's so much that we do use um we do, oh yeah, occupation cards as well. We use see or we use them to see what occupation the spirit used to have in this world, and we also use so, grid reference mapping. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say occupation cards and and the um, doll, you've painted the doll the colours, yeah. right? Yeah. And with the occupation cards, have you created those and uh, based on your knowledge of what occupations were, particularly in the past? Uh, yes, so there's an assortment of about 50 to 70 occupations in the past, and we put them around in a square, so with okay. the glass in the middle, yes. Okay, and likewise, as I said, with the, the, I went and I looked up to see what uh, mood things were and some of the other the, the equipment that you have. Um, yes. So when and and it's that you explain then that you're trying to figure out uh, is it more effective if you're meditative or if you're agitated um, yeah 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 and have have you been able to arrive at any results on that from your end i think uh, that when you're in a more meditative state it can you know produce you can tap into things a lot more however personally i find when we're more in a heightened state and when there's a lot more energy going around, if we're singing, if we're humming together, you'll often hear things happening in the background, which I believe that, this is my belief now, everybody, someone on the team will have another perspective of it, but I believe that when you're, we're in the more of a heightened state, things will uh, happen more readily. Right. Because you'll hear different groans or hisses in the room when we're just humming and like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. 
which is very exciting when that okay. happens. Yeah. Sorry, I, I interrupted there, and we were talking about some of the, the equipment that you used, yeah, and, and we were talking about the way I stopped you on the cards, on the yeah, occupation yeah. cards. So what else is there then? Um, um, let me see what else we have. So we have grid reference mapping. So if we're in an area which is quite large, so there's so many rooms that we can't, we don't have enough time to investigate every single room in this place. We haven't like a time limited period here. Um, so we will get the grid reference mapping, which consists of different letters and numbers um, running perpendicular to each other. So we also, in relation to that, we have the Ouija board next to it. And what we'll do is we'll go like, We'll ask which is the most which is the most active room. It might go to like A, B. So we put a little el- elastic band around the A, B on the grid reference mapping board, which is has loads of these spikes popping out every little few centimeters. So we'll have a particular um, with using the elastic band on the grid reference um, mapping board. Yeah. We will investigate those particular rooms that the spirit will tell us to investigate. So we have that as well. Uh, we also separate ourselves into coffins as well, and we ask the spirit, it's kind of like a, a makeshift coffin, and we'll put a lid on it. It's a perspective coffin that we bring with us, and we'll be in another room. Someone's in another room, and we'll get, we will ask the spirit on the boards to affect the person in the coffin um, using the, the Ouija board, and so that's another thing we do. Um, we also use maglev electronic things. Uh, let me see, have a look at that. I have more here on the left. Uh, obviously, the fog machines and everything for, for effect, which is general. Um, we do EMF meters and K2 meters. And the Frank's box, you probably are, probably, I don't know if you're aware of the Frank's box goes through this. We use that very, very rarely, but we do, do use that. And let us, let us see what. Then you have your, the array. That was the, uh, oh, I thought. Yes. It picks up like different um, of the sounds. So the camera, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So what that does, if there is, a, if there's a sound in the room and it's not coming from one of us, we'll be able to distinguish that sound by using the camera, right? See, seeing where that sound is coming from. It comes up in a little color. It could come up behind us somewhere in the back of the room. So it, it'll not, we'll know that it's not from us. So when we're reviewing the footage on the camera, we'll be like, oh, that's not Anthony or that's not Jennifer that made that noise. That noise is coming from behind you, if you can see that. So that's been very good. Um, yeah, because yeah, so my, my understanding of when I was looking at that was that you also had um, a series of microphones tuned at different frequencies. Was yes. That, and that consequently, the specific frequencies that could be identified you were able to associate, but that when you got into ultrasound and some other things that you were able to say, well, you know, that we humans didn't make those sounds, that they yes. are outside our spectrum. Exactly, because it can t- go up to a certain amount, like higher frequency that we can hear, which is very interesting. Yeah. And I just find it very uh, fascinating that a lot of these sounds you won't pick up while you're there, but you'll be able to hear them afterwards, which always baffles me. Right, right. Yeah. And, and again, I... I <laughs> Because I remember uh, uh, I was in Connemara um, at the National Park, and when you mentioned bats, we went out. I, 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 I was set in on a lecture on native Irish bats. Yeah. And we went out afterwards with bat meters. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> the, the, fre- the frequencies that they were set at, and, of course, the bats would go over, and you wouldn't hear anything, but you'd hear, you'd hear it on the meter. Yeah, because, yeah. 
yeah. So uh, yeah, the different frequencies that different. It's just fascinating, isn't it? That our ear, like it's not really trained, or you know, we don't have the capacity to hear these sounds, but you can with different things, as you say, with the bat meter or the, whatever yeah. it's called, and and even with the meters we're using, it's just like phenomenal that it, you know there could be other things happening all the time, and, which is brilliant. Yeah. And likewise with the spectrum, that some aspects of of the the light on the spectrum um, yes. is not visible yep. to the human eye. Yes, yeah. So we're only seeing a certain amount, you know, unless we put on different things in our eyes and who knows if we could, could be opened up to another world altogether, yeah. <laughs> so while I haven't had time to read the full book, I zoned in on the castle in Athlone and the reason for that yeah. as my, uh, I live close to it. I've been through it. I've met Mary um, yeah. and I got a guided tour which we recorded and we shared with the listeners. So yeah. uh, this is now a number of years back. So okay, I, was, okay. I was familiar with the, the, the rooms that, and uh, it, I was able to conjure up the imagery. And yeah. um, so um, the um, putting it in context, the Castle and Athlone goes back to uh, 1690s, as far as I recall. Yeah. yeah. So we're dealing with <laughs> over <clears throat> 400 years ago. Yes. So you guys head down to Athlone. And uh, one of the things I noticed, first of all, and this would be true of all your investigations, is you um, have to apply to whoever the owner is, uh, be yeah, it the county, the county council, yeah. public works or whoever. That's another story into itself <laughs> many times, yeah. And I'm sure that that process alone, um, you're coming up against... Um, Aside from coming up against bureaucracy, you're coming up against people who think, you know, are these people really kind of for real? Are they the full shilling? Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, you do have that. But I think it's becoming a bit more to the, like a little bit more lenient in people opening up a little bit in terms of, I know people are asking for funding, money, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think because we've been to so many places over the years, we just, show them where we've been and hopefully that will get us through and Anthony he's a great man for that my my friend on the team so yeah right, right. <laughs> he deals with all that yeah. so how do you figure out or select or decide where you want to go so we would generally pick a county where first and foremost where we haven't been before we've been to many counties now nearly all of them but then within that county we would try and Kind of honing on some building that or that maybe hasn't been done before is other investigators haven't really delved into it too much could be just a hole in the ground that kind of thing and it doesn't necessarily have to be haunted or renowned haunted area but it has to have a little bit of history behind it something that's probably gone back at least maybe 100 years or so to have a little bit of context or sometimes these places will have like ancient burial grounds so we will go further back but um, that's how we'll generally do it, just by looking at counties that we haven't done as much and then pick it out from, from there. Yeah. Okay. So then you decide you're, go you're going to go. And I know I'm, I suggested to you before we start recording that my old boarding school would be an ideal haunt. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> one for the future. And, and sure. just as it said, that word just came there. Um, it, it would be an ideal haunt. Um, yes. we use the word so different in a way that we used to use that in in language. But um, so then, 
you go through, figure out who's the owner, who who's the one you need to ask permission from and all the rest of it. And yeah. in order to conduct this, you're going to have to do it outside of what would be normal hours because they know it's with that loan yeah. in the castle. You, you had to go in at the end of the day when the castle was closing up and you're going to operate uh, in yeah. private. Um, yeah. So that in itself can often be a challenge to get permission to do that kind of stuff. Yes, it can be. Uh, we've probably been turned down a good few times as well. So we just got to keep going and ploughing yeah. on. And you know, one of them will stick or one of them will say yes. And then off we go and we do our stuff. And we, we always be we're as respectful as possible just to like get out of the, the building when it needs to be. And, you know, just to don't mess up the place. Don't be running around going crazy or anything like that. So we right. just investigations we actually plan ahead of our investigations as well so we have kind of a running order of what we're going to do in each room so it's not necessarily um unorganized we'll have exactly what we're doing here what we're doing here what we're doing here so then we'll, we'll leave <laughs> at the right time we won't stay overnight or yeah right. so, so again so when we um as i was reading as you got into athlone and uh, you're setting up and things calm down and you get into a calm state yeah um and you then start to um initiate your communication with yeah. the paranormal um and that um that must be a very tense time in one way because you just don't know if anything's going to happen and and the excitement when something does yeah Definitely. Um, I find that bit really, really exciting because you just don't know what's in store. I mean, there might not be, sometimes we'll go to investigations and there's nothing, barely anything will happen. But for that, you do, you're seeing what will come through. So it's all like an open book. So the message, whatever will come through, we're then just going to explore that more and delve in. So we do ask spirits to come forward with much respect to the spirit as well. Kind of use a bit of a psych, uh, psychological stance there as well. Because we're just actually having a conversation and we're not kind of beckoning them in. Or we said, if you want to come in, come in. If you don't, it's up to you. So we kind of, we kind of um, are welcoming in that in that regards, yeah. Right. And everything kicks off or might not kick off. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what would have been the most, um, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what the right word is here, um. The most vibrant, I suppose. Most vibrant place. Uh, by that I mean that you know that the the this I won't quite say it was Party City in that it was context. Off, yeah, the wall. But, but yeah. That, that 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 the yeah, this was bouncing yeah. off the walls in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, personally, I found uh, the Strand in County Waterford, which is a hotel, yeah. um, to be hopping. Absolutely, that was just. That was mesmerizing for me. We had the old phones in the hotel, um, which the hotel was closed for a couple of months. I think it was just uh, that was why we were in there. There was nobody in there to stay overnight. And so, and um, the old phones were calling, like they were, they were working. They were started working, you know, in the in the kitchen, like they were broken. The the guy from behind the bar came in and said, "By the way, guys, the the phone in the back the back room is uh, is ringing, but it's broken." So we go back into the back room to the back kitchen the broken phone and uh, pick up the phone and all you can hear is just white noise at the other side so put the phone down again the phone rings again my friend picks it up white noise um so it ends up being the new phone next to it was calling that phone and then someone else's phone on the team about half an hour later from an unknown number started calling then we had a dog barking that wasn't there in the, in the place <laughs> so there was a lot of things going on at the one time 
and we also heard um there was EVPs there of uh, someone calling looking for Jack Jack the pirate they were looking for Jack the pirate and okay what's an e- what's an EDP so EVP is electronic voice phenomena so that generally happens when uh, you can't really hear it while we're there but afterwards we we'll listen back on the footage and you can hear it clearly you'll be able to hear these voices really clearly or words so clearly of like sentences from different voices that that were there with us but we didn't know they were there at the time and sometimes you'll realize that you're not getting anything. But then you will review the footage and all of a sudden it's just full sentences and you know the place is just full of activity in that way. But um, the stranding for me was great with the phones, I have to say, yeah. Or Lachine Castle in County Tipperary. Um, all these castles, all these rooms in Ireland, which are fantastic, they're all hidden behind little fields, but you still have these little castles popping up now and again. And we went to Lachine Castle. Um, we were at the top of the castle there was a couple of us up there and then we heard footsteps all the way up and we thought, oh no, we're going to be caught by the farmer because we thought we'd chance our arm with this castle. We go up and we'll get <laughs> so the local farmer was coming up to get us and we were all huddled in the corner just waiting for this and it got to the top of the stairs there and then nobody arrived and that was creepy. That was, even the energy just dropped. It was just like, whoa. <laughs> okay, so... To face the wall. Or- yeah, that's... Stage, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's do a little jumping around here. You, you like the likes of Athlone, you're in there and you are set up, you go in, you carry in your equipment, you set yeah. up at like a laboratory. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Here you're telling me you're up at uh, the top of a building um, yes. that you've snuck up there. Yes, so, it was in the so, middle of nowhere. So, so you, have no, you really have no equipment or you couldn't have anything much with you. Yes, for those outside buildings, we just kind of bring the bare minimum, like a board. Uh, we might bring a scrying mirror to scry in the mirror. Uh, we might bring dowsing rods with us, uh, which you hold and they move to a particular area that you kind of go over to that, that direction by themselves. And then you go over and you investigate over that direction. So we bring, we don't bring as much scientific fit stuff with us when we're coming to the places which have a no electricity in the vicinity. So we just right. have to, we're tuning in with our own. No, senses, the yeah. reason I'm really saying yeah. it is you're telling me here you're sitting up on the top of a roof in the middle yeah. of no, in the middle of nowhere and you hear steps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, why are, I guess the question would be is what, what would have caused the spirit in this situation to come up the stairs? Like this, had you started a, an invocation or whatever the appropriate word would be to call them uh, that they were responding. Yeah, this is, it's an interesting one that uh, I think we did a lot of separation previous. So we all separate a different part of the uh, building, which is a little tiny little cubby holes. It's a little castle, the big castle. It's not too big, but um, so I think some people were doing kind of meditation, that kind of thing, kind of like talking to spirits by themselves, different rooms. So I think that got everything together. I think that kind of opened up something for them to come up. But I'm not too sure what what that was. It was just so bizarre for me. I was still, I'm still baffled about what that was. It was just brilliant, yeah. And after you, did anything else happen then, or did they just go back downstairs? I think they just went back downstairs, but we got, of course, some of us got the heebie-jeebies and got a little bit creeped out. And we don't generally get creeped out. <laughs> well, sometimes we do, but like it's very rare. Just the energy drops and we were like, oh, no, it's, it's just a time to go now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, what's interesting is that, you know, you talk about um, 
bringing your scientific approach to yes. um, the paranormal. Yeah, that and, was beyond that, yeah. Yeah, and the funny part of it in, in, in one way when you say that is it's nearly a total contradiction in terms. Yes, yeah. Because the paranormal yeah. would be unscientific. Yes. And you're using scientific to... Um, Bring it together. Yes, yeah. and, and to analyze and to understand and to put structure on the unstructured. Exactly, yeah. For that one, it was just a bit too much. That's why I think we got a bit weirded out. Sometimes we won't say, for instance, we might hear a noise. We won't jump to the conclusion saying what that is. It could be a pipe. It could be some sort of, it could be an animal. It could be something like that. Or it could be down to the temperature, the EMF in the room or something right. or something scientifically that you could, actually there's an explanation for it. But for there was this one, it was just, it was, it was clear as day, steps walking. I, I think none of us had an explanation for that. And so some of us would be like, we don't get too spooked out, but we were very spooked out. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, has there been an incident or a, an occasion, an investigation where you have discovered something that was uh, monumental and that as a result of that, you were able to pass the information to somebody or someplace and, and that it led to um, either a rewriting, I would say, of history or a, a reinterpretation of something, but it was monumental in a way. Um, monumental the way we have like Clononi Castle, but there's nothing that we haven't released in our book yet. Yeah, I don't uh, mean it that, but I mean that it was something that the narrative previously would not have taken that into account, that it was unknown, so as that the previous historical narrative may have yes. needed to be rewritten, uh, edited. Yeah, I can just. Uh... Yeah, so there's one trying to think now. We had Ballingard House in Limerick. And it hasn't got rewritten or anything like that. But you have heard of stories of the Health Fire Club um, yes. in Dublin, especially up in Dublin. There was another one in Limerick as well, which is, I think it's a kind of a tourist, a little tourist thing at the moment. But we decided to one time to go to Ballingarda House, one of those old kind of Edwardian, Victorian, old, huge houses that were probably like, you know, very like popular in the 1700s in Ireland where you had like these Protestants taking over the land and they had massive houses hidden in the back. So this house, you check it out, it's fantastic. Ballingard House, it's just in ruins at the moment, but it's just fantastic to look at, and even in photos. We were in there for the night and we decided to do a few bits and pieces in regards to the Hellfire Club, which was nearby down the road, and realised that the Hellfire Club down the road was not the Hellfire Club, but we were getting all the answers on the board that this was the Hellfire Club. And um, there's this old photo that you, it's, well, I don't want to say popular enough, but it's of the Hellfire Club Ireland. And we're, we found out that that photo was taken in that building. So I think they were just trying to hide a lot of secrets in regards to that, what was happening there, because there was a lot of, un, um, I would say, kind of not a, uh, Un, un, like, a lot of nefarious, nefarious activities. That was, yeah, that was happening in that building. So we got a couple of dates, we got a couple of names, and, but we haven't, we brought it somewhere. I know Anthony was telling, um, brought it to some newspaper in Limerick. Yeah. However, it hasn't got rewritten or anything like that, but we do find things that kind of are like, whoa, that's a little different. And we do kind of try to discover in the background what's really going on. Yeah. Have you ever come across a situation then either that where somebody wanted you to carry a message? Uh, carry a message? 
yeah there's been messages true but not really i have to say like that's something that we actually haven't come across yet where somebody's actually asked us to carry a message to somebody else but like, that would be interesting it's like the sixth <laughs> sense you remember that like yeah remember that movie yeah i would love that though that'd be great but it'd be kind of a bit bizarre i think popping up and telling somebody by the way you're you know your dead granny or your mother wants to let you know <laughs> i know i know i i i chatted with them uh it was uh it wasn't as nugent um but i'll come back to it um where it was fascinating story fiction where yes. um the um undertakers could talk to the corpse for a period of time and uh mm-hmm. it was fiction brilliant set in, yeah. set in in and around um and griffin um yeah. Uh, yeah Anne griffin wrote her second book and it was about uh, an undertaker family who um, for a period after somebody died they were still able to communicate with they had a, a, a gift and they would carry be wanting to carry messages to let the the family know that yeah that'd be so interesting though I that, think well, that was fiction <laughs> but you never know i think it's just like amazing yeah um so then aside you you mentioned the 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 castle there or the out in the farm that this where was spooked or you were spooked um this time of the year around halloween are are there any is there a calendar by that i mean just is it prone around this time of the year that there may be greater activity or at the various points of the as uh, be it the solstice or the um the the equinox or anything like that are there cal- times that activity is more intense i do sort of agree with the halloween concept and in a way the way i believe it as well i think there's a lot of background history to that because people are kind of honed in on it as well i think that it would open up a lot more i don't necessarily know the ins and outs of when specific activity will happen at a specific place because in regards to locations or you know haunted spooky buildings and castles i think the particular time of the year where things happen is a particular time of where an event has happened there okay yeah rather than it being halloween and um do you then um given the the intensity as you say that because there's a more of an awareness around halloween and people are um would you be more attuned or more alert at particular times consequently yourself um i think i see every day as an opportunity for <laughs> things to happen <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I, I am more heightened to Halloween just because it's everywhere and, you know, there's so many decorations about and people are just different spooky stories happening. But I honestly think that the most spooky things that could happen in the middle of the day on a, on the month of May, for instance, you know, <laughs> June, yeah, for that matter. Right. Yeah. Um, so while it, well, let's get specific on the book now and, and just cover off some of the wonderful places that are covered because you've been around the country. There's Dublin, Balnamuk, uh, Rathcrochan, yeah. Athlone, Gort, uh, uh, Kilbaha. Uh, that's Loop Head, isn't it? You were down in Kilbaha yeah, for Loop Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. I was there last year. Um, oh, Lim- Limerick, Tarbert was there. Um, oh, yeah. uh, talk, talk to the people that operate the jail. 
Um, oh yeah, you were down there in the jail. I didn't get in because I was over. I was in Kilrush at the time, and I actually met the people that, and I talked to them, and we chatted and interviewed them. Oh, Blennerville. Really? I'm familiar with Blennerville and yeah. uh, Killarney, Cork, and Blarney, and Clannoni yes. uh, in in the Midlands. Uh, so that's what you're covering in uh, Drowned Out Voices. Yes. Yeah. So there's a range there because you talk about the Castanet loan and that's going back to 1690 there, that term. Uh, the uh, Tarbert Jail would be more recent and by more recent, we're still talking 100, 150, 200 years. Yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of different cells as well in there. You know, a lot of spooky cells are, were, which are still pretty much intact. For, yeah. Very, so very going into somewhere like that, um, must have been interesting. And what, what did you connect yes. with? It's kind of a little bit of a dark energy I found in there. Uh, we did have like explosions, the sound of explosion gun fire that were was popping up. The you know there's nothing around there. Doing that wasn't even Halloween around that time. You know there wasn't anything in the vicinity. Um, I did. Well, I was there, and oh, what I thought I saw was like these dark kind of shadows. That I don't know if my mind was playing tricks with me or anything like that, but I did see these kind of dark shadows. You know, around there, but sometimes if you're in the dark for so long, there are things like happening. Um, in Tarbert Jail, there was just a few different shrieks, a few different calls, a few different bits and pieces. Nothing is as astounding as you would see in a horror movie or anything like that. Um, but it was spooky. I did find a very dark energy there. Yeah. In and somewhere Jail. like Rath Krukhan, my understanding that would that would have been um, oh, outdoor indeed. outdoors. Yes, down the cave. So we did. So no location is. We don't surpass any. We 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 basically uh, turn into cave explorers as well. So down into the cave we go, which uh, in uh how can I pronounce it? Aganath Cave is the word for that, or Aganath Cave, uh, Rakrogan, yeah, as well. Uh, the home of the Morrigan. Uh, which is Morrigan is a crow, a shape shifting crow. It's a myth, and um, so we go down there. There are there's whistles, there's voices. They're on the manifestation board. They said there was um, a poltergeist as well showing up. And then we we were using shadows, put out shadow pieces of like wolves. And um, we went very spiritual with this one. So you know it's it's away from the scientific one with this. We had um, earphones on. We did reverse speech as well. We get an old Nintendo box. We record our voices into it, and then we reverse it so it reverses the speech, and we record it see if anything. Uh, is picked up. We got a few voices with that. Uh, we had an elemental spirit, a shape-shifting spirit as well. But that cave was creepy. It's if you're afraid of tight spaces, I wouldn't go down. But if you have put yourself put a hard that, hat on, yeah, yeah. Based on what you're telling me, this tight space is the least of the things to be afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> but why would you reverse your voice? Just to see if any spirits or entities would be more inclined to, like, you know, be attached to that. And it just kind of gives it a bit of a spooky vibe as well. And to see if anything pops up or if you can hear anything in the camera. Just we're trying everything. Sometimes we just throw it all at the wall and we'll see what we can do. And, and what has, has, has a reversed voice ever yielded any results? Um, Not as much as just talking regularly. Like, Okay, no. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this is it is fascinating, and it's it's fabulous to have a chat with you. Um, yeah. do, do any of your friends kind of get spooked around you? Um, 
Previously, they have done. Yeah, they have done in the past. They've been more intrigued than anything else. Right. Uh, otherwise, uh, they don't really get to suit. No, none of them have asked. Have asked to come along on a on a camping night with you to uh, some. One or two, maybe in the past, but not necessarily. They wouldn't be as a as inquisitive as I would be, I suppose. Some of them would be a little bit freaked out, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's the regular thing that happens with most people. <laughs> so then while we've been talking about going to historic places or older places and picking up the vibes there, um, would you then pick up vibes from people, live people, normal people? Sorry, yes. usual people. Usual, regular folks. Regular folks. <laughs> that you can see with your own eyes. Yeah, well, I would be very quite an intuitive person anyway. I would quite have a lot of empathy and a lot of intu- intuition, so I can kind of like pick up different people's personalities quite quickly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, you know, <laughs> that's more of I definitely pick up vibes quickly from people. Fantastic. Yeah. Jeanette, we're going to wrap up. Thanks very much. And, and in wrapping up, we want, we want to direct people, if they would like to get their hands on the book or any of your previous work, um, you do have a website, and it's ghostera.net. Yep. That's G-H-O-S-T-E-I-R-E dot net. And uh, you can get all the information on the team out there. Um, I'm assure, I'm, I presume you're out there on social media. Yeah, we are. So we have a Facebook page. We're quite active on that. So we have Ghost Era. Uh, there is G H O S T and E Father I R E. But just yeah. put that in. Uh, we have a Halloween show coming up this Sunday, and that is for five hours. We're interviewing a couple of paranormal teams around Ireland, and also we have an Instagram page, Ghost Era uh, Paranormal. We're on yeah. there, and we're also on Ghost Era um, Paranormal team uh, for Twitter as well. Fantastic. So and, ones. and if anyone wants to get their hands on the book, they can go onto your website and order yes, it through there. Yes, go to the website, uh, ghostera.net. Also, you can get it through the manuscript publisher yes. as well. So manuscript publisher, yeah. Indeed. It's called Round Out Voices, yeah. Yes. Sinead Hulan, it's been fun chatting with you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Austin. It's been great. Thank you. It's been a joy. Thanks very much.